Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer, back with you after a few weeks with my family and joined in studio by my co-hosts, Jeff Rutberg and Ryan Strauss. Thrilled to join you this and every Sunday on 610 AM Sports ESPN Radio. Guys, I've missed so much in the world of sports since we last joined you. I missed the Super Bowl. I missed the process. I missed lots of stuff, but I had a great time with my son. We, uh, we watched the Super Bowl game together. That was a totally different experience for me. New Eagles fan in the house. He is. Uh, he's going to suffer like the rest of us. So what was it like watching the game with him? Well, I've already explained to him the awkwardness of Tom Brady getting the trophy from Roger Goodell. He seemed more interested in what he was doing in his diaper, but that's okay. Um, he's not really trusting the process yet. Uh, in terms of the Sixers. Process. He's got his own processes working, yes, but, he's, right. but he's not trusting the Sixers process at all. He's not interested in that Just yet. Just cries during the games? Um, well, we all cry during the <laughs> games at this point. <laughs> yeah, um, so, I mean, it's, it's not really much different. You know, it's, it's, it's a different experience. I've, I've got a, a little man there hanging out with me watching the games. It's different. It's a win it for is. the family. It, look, I win regardless, okay? I'm sitting there hanging out, having a blast with him, no matter what happens in the game. Uh, it was funny. I actually, we got home from the hospital. We watched the game in the hospital. He had been born the day before the Super Bowl. So, so I, he rem- he'll remember the game. Well. He'll remember nothing. I barely remember <laughs> anything about what happened at that point. It's all a daze. But we came back home, and the other day I was trying to clean out the DVR, and I actually watched a little bit of the end of the Super Bowl and the overtime. So I finally caught up on... What I missed while we were both—it's like watching the rerun of a TV show. You know, I didn't mind knowing how it ended uh, because I had sort of seen it, but it was good to be able to hear the sound and watch it. Did you guys watch the game? I know it's a few weeks old now. Oh yeah. Did you like it? I liked it. I I thought it was one of the best games I ever saw. So you were happy because I I remember watching the first quarter and seeing Atlanta go up, and I was like, "Oh, this is different. Not what what you expected." And then all of a sudden, we're sitting there and. Baby's crying a little bit, not too interested in the game. And in the fourth quarter, I'm watching a comeback, and I'm going, is that really happening, or am I just overtired? I was, I was praying that the uh, Patriots would not do that. <laughs> that was, I was just, and I was yelling at the television and uh, on my knees in front of the television, and I was so happy at the end of the game that it wasn't the Eagles that did that. Collapsed? <laughs> or? I wouldn't, yes, that, they, that the Eagles didn't collapse and that... Uh, w- I, I don't think we'd ever get over it. I mean, it was bad enough in 1964 when the Phillies choked. <laughs> that I mean, can you even imagine being a fan of either of those teams? Just how invested you are in the whole season yeah. from the moment of training camp, making the team through, it comes down to one or two plays in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. So it's funny you say that because, again, we came home from the hospital and my son and I are sitting in a chair and I'm watching the rerun of the Super Bowl and the DVR ends and it goes to NFL Network which was replaying Tom Brady's greatest games, which was on the Eagles playing in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. <laughs> so my son got his first experience to what it's like to watch your team not exactly do what you hope for. Look, I'm hoping that since we're all trusting the process and we have youth movements going on, by the time he's old enough to remember some of this stuff, maybe we're good again. I've tried maybe to we'll be... already have been good and then gotten bad again. Who knows? <laughs> Bite your tongue bite your tongue i do not want him to suffer like we all have that is not fair you know when i was watching the game i was thinking like so many folks were just turning off the game around the country and we have millions of people right but that just goes to show you should always watch the end of the game make sure you teach that lesson to your son always watch the the whole game my father never let me quit on a game when i was watching with him and of course down at the stadium we left when he left so I remember this Cleveland Browns uh, Eagles game and and probably around 1960 maybe and uh, I wanted to get up the Eagles were losing 21 to 7 somewhere in maybe the third quarter and I I said I've had enough of this 
And uh, my father said, you get that back here and you sit right down here. And you know, the Eagles uh, won that game and then went on to win the championship that year. And I, I don't leave. I don't even leave bad games at the stadium anymore. My father, may his rest Fate. in peace, he, he's gone, long gone. But uh, I stay until the end, to the bitter end. <laughs> and uh, Well, my son didn't frustrating. leave. My son didn't leave, but he definitely <laughs> decided that he wasn't interested enough to stay awake. So he went to bed. But he will stay Learned awake. Learned takes he, naps. Absolutely. We're, we're big nappers in our family. Uh, I, so let, me, we, let me just say something here. While you were away, Jason... Let me tell everyone and, and let me congratulate Jason re- for receiving a 40 under 40 award from the so- uh, South New Jersey business people in recognition of dedication to making South Jersey the best place to work, live, and raise a family. Bravo. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Was I, was, I was running out of time. I'm almost not under 40 anymore. So uh, no, it was, uh, it was very nice and humbling. You know, you go and you, you do work and you do what you think is right. And it's really nice when you get some recognition for it. So I've had a, a fun couple of weeks between the expansion of my family and personal honors. Expansion draft within expansion, the family. Dr- expansion draft. We, we had a good draft pick there. <laughs> um, and now I get to be back in studio with you guys. And, and this week, my son and I will start watching some spring training baseball. Amazing. We'll, we'll feel the warmth this weekend and be ready for the crack of the bat. Are you, are you guys excited? Is Billy's oh, going to yes, be back? Absolutely. This is a good, good time we, of year. Absolutely, because there's nothing else going on. So. Yeah, I think like this is a really interesting point in the year in the sports calendar. Everyone has to adjust to football being done, and then you're just kind of waiting around for uh, baseball to start. Um, I am and, waiting. And March Madness. Like this is people have to adjust to just watching the NHL and NBA. Tough life, though. So are you guys uh, radio, TV? What do you watch or listen? Do you watch it on TV? Do you like to listen on the radio? What do you prefer? I think baseball just translates so well to the radio. It's You can be listening on the beach, you know, sitting every day in the summer. You kind of build a relationship with the players and team through the daily nature of it, right? Jeff, how about I, I you? I find a problem with radio. I only listen to the radio when I'm in the car. Okay. Because the uh, the announcers have a habit of not, telling you what the score is okay for a long period of time you have to pretty much listen to a couple of innings sometimes i think that's their hope and and, and that's their hope yeah (laughs) that they want you to listen they they want you to listen i i enjoy it's funny with the radio i enjoy getting to hear the sound of like the crack of the bat and uh the the person yelling in the The background everybody hits woohoo yeah or the the person selling you know food in the background oh yeah you know cold beer (laughs) you hear that in the background (laughs) as you're going along i just enjoy getting to hear that sometimes you don't hear that on the tv broadcast Mm -hmm. because of the way the mics are situated and they are talking more about the play i definitely enjoy the visuals especially as tv gets better I enjoy being able to see the TV, what the stadium looks like. I love the way that they decorate the field and and line everything. How about about the new uh, quote they just put up, you got to believe, and then uh, Governor Christie, you know, didn't exactly take too well to that. But So here's um, my surprise face that you can't see on the radio that Chris Christie had an opinion about something. Okay? Nobody really cares what Chris Christie says as governor. They care less what he says as a sports fan. (laughs) Okay? He can talk about being angry and bitter. If anybody would know angry and bitter, it's Chris Christie. So let's be real here about what's going on. He doesn't have to make it personal about fans. He can just say, I don't like the Phillies. That's acceptable. But for the person who says it's unsafe to come into Citizens Bank Park, I've definitely seen pictures of him watching games in Citizens Bank Park. So he felt safe enough to come in with his security detail or by himself. 
But now all of a sudden he's got a problem because he wants to get a sports talk job out of New York. So the ironic thing is, after all his years in politics and being a governor and, and everything, when he's done, if he goes to sports talk radio, he's going to have the same role that we do. Right, right. And you know what? (laughs) His opinions will mean just as much as ours. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) We're just three guys sitting around a table talking sports. It it, it amazes me the ability of him to have a take on something when he's completely irrelevant to have a take on it. This is a guy who grew up in Mendham, New Jersey and decided to be a Dallas Cowboys fan. Enough said. Not well, sad. That's it. Right, right, so okay. about the Phillies. You so. no, he wanted to win. He wanted to uh, pick a winner. He wanted to root for a winner. The, the Cowboys have, have won a lot more games than the Eagles have. Look, I can understand that. I don't begrudge people for being fans of their teams. I really don't. But I have a problem when you paint with a broad brush of a whole fan base. Because we could go find fans of his teams and say that they are the example that he doesn't like. So if we're having a serious conversation here about it, it's fun to have a throwaway line and say something like that. But the reality is, while there are some fans who are angry that their team hasn't won and bitter about it, the vast majority of fans are wonderful in this fan base and do a great job. And the organizations themselves are very good in the community. So how do you feel about the Phillies this year? Do you think there's excitement around the team? Do you think that they're going to perform better than they did last year, maybe get to 500 again? Like, How are you guys feeling about it? I hope so and think so. I think Jeff had one more point, though, that he wanted to make on the governor's statement before we move. I've gone to Phillies games and I've gone to Eagles games for the last uh, 30 years, and I don't remember in in my section ever having a uh, fight anywhere. Um, It's never been a problem. It's never been an issue. Uh, I've been to other stadiums. I haven't had a problem anywhere else. There are stories of things that happen everywhere. And if you're going to take the one example and blow it into the blanket that everybody's that way, you can do that. But that's not the reality. The reality is we're getting to some baseball here. And so let's talk about what we expect this season. We've got a minute or two before we take a break. Jeff, what's your prediction? I think the Phillies will win more than they did last year. Okay, we're making progress. Uh, Yes, I I would like them to finish at at least at 500. That would be a great season for them. I think that's optimistic for us. Well, no, actually, I think it's, it's doable. They won eight more games last year than they did the year before. So if they win another 10 games, that's pretty close. I hope so. I would like to see 500 ball. I think the one thing is the Phillies are at least being honest with their fan base. They're telling them that they are not a playoff team this year. They're not really lying to them. Fans may not like that, but they're telling them we're trying to build. I happen to think they're in a good position in terms of the veterans they have on their team that have short contracts that are cap friendly for teams. So if the team isn't playing up to the potential, you can make some moves and bring in some more. Jeff, what's your favorite word? Assets. Oh, no, not my favorite word. <laughs> Sam Hankies. I don't see the Phillies and, and the players as assets. Uh, they, they, when you look at it as an organization, although they are players, they are assets. There's a value to them within the team. There's an, they're entertainers. They are, but they have a value. Professional in, athletes. But they have a value to the organization. And so if the player can get you something of more value that you will need down the line, I wouldn't be opposed to some of those moves with some of the veterans that are on the roster that may not be here when these young players that are on the farm team are up at the major leagues. I just want to see them play. I don't want to have to wheel and deal. I'm not the general manager. I don't care about the salary cap. I don't care what they make. I just want to see them on the field and hit, making making plays. But you care if they win, right? Oh, I do. So yes. you have to care about all that other stuff because the way to win is make deals and manage the cap in this in this era of sports. 
it's great to say, I want to be a fan. I just want to see them win. But you can't do that. You can't go and get all the best players and just stock them on your team and say, we're going to win and be a super team. Hey, we're team. not the ones making the trades. We're just showing up to the ballpark. I yeah. mean, the Phillies made some decent signings in the offseason. I think that they were going to try and go the Sixers route and go full rebuild, but they recognized that some of their main prospects just aren't as elite as they would have hoped. So, you know, signing uh, Kendrick and Sounders will help in the offense, help stabilize it a little bit. It was worse than baseball last year. You got Benoit and Neshek coming to the bullpen. I think that will help too. I'm expecting about 75 wins. They had 73 last year. That's all? Just two more? Whoa, that would be... Actually, uh, there was well, 71 uh, last year, so uh, four uh, more. Four more. No, that's not, it's not, not enough good, for not enough for me. But when you go to the doctor, mm-hmm. I mean, do you care about what he's making? I don't pay the same <laughs> amount attention? to go to the doctor that I do to the Eagles game. It's actually less for me to go to the doctor than the Eagles. Oh. I, I, we'll talk about this on another show, Jeff, because you and I disagree about the <laughs> fundamentals yes, of do. our sports and athletes. Right. Um, are they like other career paths? So yeah. go ahead. We'll take we'll, it to a we'll break, take Jeff. It to a break. You're listening to The Heart of Sports on 610 a.m., It's time for us to take a break. When we return, we'll be talking to Jeff Cohen, an an attorney who's been on the show before, and we'll be right back. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.NewJerseyShares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. And we're back. This is the Heart of Sports on 610 AM. I'm Jeff Rutberg with Jason Springer and Ryan Strauss. Let me introduce Jeffrey Cohen, an attorney with Flaster Greenberg, specializes in partnership agreements for new business ventures, trademarks, copyrights, and patents. Jeffrey is a returning guest, having been on our show last month talking about antitrust exemptions for sports teams. We had a really good uh, conversation with, uh, with him. Today we'll talk about sports gambling and general issues in, with gambling in New Jersey and a few other things. And intellectual property issues, right? You're the, you're and the, uh, welcome back. Thanks for having me back, guys. You're the intellectual property guy who teaches people how to protect what they have and then uh, tells people what they've done wrong once they haven't, right? Right. That's, that's how you do it. <laughs> so are, are you more into the gambling side of things or the IP side of things in terms of intellectual property? A little bit both interest you? 
well, both interest me. Most of, most of what I do is intellectual property as far as litigation and disputes regarding trademarks, copyrights, patents, things like that. So <laughs> for our listeners who aren't familiar with intellectual property, can we explain that to them? Why is it that I can't make my own Philadelphia Eagles shirt with the logo and the letters and the colors. But you can with Washington Redskins. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so ex maybe you can explain that to our listeners. What's well, going on here? Well, w when somebody makes something, you want to be able to protect it. Otherwise, everybody can just copy it, and, and then it won't it won't, be, it won't be an asset that you have. So a trade, trademarks and copyrights are different. Trademarks are the thing that you see. Copyrights are the words. So when, when you have a trademark, um, like the Eagles logo, the, e the big eagle with the wings, those kind of things are, are, are a uh, trademark. If you have a slogan, um, if you remember Pat Riley used to have slogans after, he w after the Lakers would do, you know, three, four, three-peat, things like that, those are the kind of things that are copyrights. So it's the words. So now we've figured out what you can copyright. How is it used in the world of sports in terms of protecting the, the value of these teams? Well, for, for teams, the most important thing is their trademark. You want, you, what you don't want is the things that you actually do see after you leave a game and go into a parking lot. You see people selling T-shirts all the time. They're not allowed to do that unless they get permission to license it from the team. Because that's a, that's a valuable asset to the team. It's part of the value of the business. If they sell that, sell their team, that logo, any copyrights, the names of the teams are a valuable asset that they want to protect. So you see with the NFL, with the NBA, all the leagues, they actually have a group of people in their office that go around searching websites, looking for for people that are using their logos, the Philadelphia Eagles logo, the Sixers logo, without having a license. And then if they see that they're violating that, if, if they're infringing on those things, they'll go to court to try to protect that. And what they'll do is they'll try to not only stop them from selling something that they don't have a license for, is they'll attempt to recoup all of the money that th that, that company made from improperly using their logo. In the soccer world, Jose Mourinho, the coach of Manchester United, when he switched from Chelsea to Man U, they had to pay a substantial amount of money for the trademark over his signature. And I don't think you see that in American sports quite yet. We may get there, though. I mean, at this point, people are trademarking themselves as their own brand. They're trademarking slogans. I mean, you saw Pat Riley with the three-peat. Well, we even, re even recently you saw with the, the coach from Western Michigan, P.J. Fleck, had a um, slogan uh, that was Row the Boat. And there is now negotiations going on. He's left Western Michigan. I forget where he went. But he's actually attempting to get that slogan so that he can use it at his new school. So where does this, what's the history? Where does this all come from that somebody woke up one day and said, you're entitled to the rights of the product that you create? How did this come about where people can't just take somebody else's ideas and use them for themselves? Well, it started with Congress. I mean, it started with big businesses wanting to protect their, their trademarks and copyrights. If you're Coca-Cola, you want to protect that name. Not only do you want to protect that name, but they also protect the shape of the bottle. The unique shape of the Coca-Cola bottle is something that's protected. Same thing with Heinz and the ketchup bottle. So it didn't start with sports. It started with business that wanted to protect 
their name and their likeness and and everything that's associated with their branding of their products. Well, I think that just goes to show that now sports are business, right? Like this, it didn't start that way. Sports were kind of more of a for the nature of the sport itself. And over time, sports have evolved to something that you have significant intellectual property and there's a number of legal and business processes involved and that's kind of reflected the growth of sports business over the years sports and merchandising is huge business if i just look around this room you're wearing a philly shirt you have an orange crutch you know t-shirt that 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 has a trademark for it i have something on it as well so you walk around the streets and almost everything is now trademarked or copyrighted i mean the adidas logo is is something that's N- trademarked at nike just do it exactly. i mean there are advertising and marketing slogans that come in and out of the sports world that transcend generations at different points they become actual talking points among society and they are trademarked or copyrighted phrases or visuals but wouldn't you say that sports teams are monopolies they 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 uh you you can't come in. I can't buy a team. I can't uh, start a team. I can't I can't uh, put a logo or try to change the logo a little bit uh, without getting uh, yelled at, right? By by uh, the teams. Uh. Well, you'd get more than yelled at. You'd get sued. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, I mean, you can always start a new league. I mean, yes, the, yes, you can argue yeah, that, that the leagues, XFL started. Yep, they just did a 30 for 30 on uh, the XFL. It only lasted one year, but we also had the USFL uh, years ago, and that was semi-successful uh, for, for a short period of time. You can start new leagues, but, but they're, it's very difficult when you have the market share and that you have the history of what you, what you do. I mean, starting a new league to compete, you, not only do you need uh, assets, as, as you call them with regard to the players, but but you Jeff's, also it's Jeff's least favorite <laughs> word. I don't think you ever disliked the word assets before we started before, doing we started this radio doing this, show. Yes, and then uh, the process. Now, another one. Now you I have nightmares do. of normal words that <laughs> right. are totally ruined for you. That's well, right. that yes. you even say that. I mean, trust the process. Yes, that's become its own slogan around the Sixers. Can they trademark that? Yes. slogan. Yeah, they can. I mean, you can't trademark. Um, just regular everyday words. They have to. Be, they have to have some uniqueness to it. So I can't trademark Jason. You probably cannot tra- trademark Jason. Now, if you had a unique signature or if you had a unique logo that you had around Jason, you might be able to do that. The, the thrill of winning, the pain of losing. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll take a phrase that we've used on the show. Fan. You know, we we talk about what you can and can't use. I remember a few years ago when the Super Bowl was up in North Jersey and. I was working with some municipal governments around the area there, and they wanted to have Super Bowl parties. And they weren't allowed to call them Super Bowl parties. They had to call them the big game party or the winter party or some other word that did not use the word Super Bowl. How did the NFL trademark the word Super Bowl so that I can't even have my little box pool event that I have at my house be called a Super Bowl party. It's part of their branding. It's it's something that they have, they they started. I mean, before it used to be a championship. It didn't start as the Super Bowl. But at some point, they decided to call it the Super Bowl when they merged the two leagues. So once that happened, they, they filed a trademark for that, for, for the uh, Super Bowl and, and the copyright. And they're extremely aggressive in enforcing it. I mean, I yes. remember... We got briefed on how you were and were not allowed to use specific words, how you could not use the logo on your advertising materials. 
You have to get specific permission, even for charitable events. You have to get licensing permission, yes. Yes. And, and, it, and it's important because if, if they don't protect it, they may waive it. So, so it's not when explain pe- yeah explain that further for us. When, when people attack the NFL because the the NFL or or a Major League Baseball is aggressive in enforcement of its its licenses and its copyrights and its trademarks, people think that they they're being greedy. They they're not necessarily doing that. First of all, it's theirs. They they marketed it. I mean, you're in you're in the marketing industry. It's hard to go out and market and make something Build a big, brand. Exactly, and give it value. So when, it's, when you've done that and you've put the money and the time into it, you want to protect that as much as possible. But it's also important because th- there is something in the law that if you don't protect it, that if you know that other people are out there, if the, fi- if the Phillies see people just on the street constantly selling their stuff and having a website that sells with the Phillies logo, and the Phillies are aware of it, and haven't licensed it and given them the, the written permission to do so, there could be an argument that they've waived it because they haven't protected that brand. So by not actively challenging it, they're tacitly giving permission, and therefore they waive their right to challenge it later. That's the argument that would be made. How about uh, Phillies have a new slogan, you gotta believe? <laughs> but that came from Tug McGraw years ago. Mm-hmm. So they could could they use it again, or they're they're going? Well, they to are. It? They I think they're using it down at their spring training complex. But I don't I don't know if it was ever if it was ever copyrighted when 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 they did it. But if it but if it was copy, let's say the Met if the Mets copyrighted, you got to believe, and and that was something that w- that was done properly, then nobody else would be able to use that in a sports context. Oh. So they, Jeff's, they Jeff's sitting here trying to think of a slogan that we can copyright for the show now. We may <laughs> yeah. have to contact you after the show, Jeff, and, uh, and I, figure me, out what we can do. Let me ask uh, Jeff this question. Um, uh, a potential merger between FanDuel and DraftKings, what do you think of that? That, that gets back to the mon- monopoly conversation that we've had before, is, is that, that when it comes to antitrust, if, if two big entities, especially – the government is often concerned when the number one and the number two player in a, in a market or an industry merge. Be- and, and that's what this is. FanDuel and DraftKings essentially have close to 100% of the market share of at least daily fantasy sports. If they were to merge, right now they're competing with each other. I mean, by com- when they compete with each other, how are they going to get more customers? They're going to get them by lowering prices. They have to compete with each other. If, if I'm going to do FanDuel or I'm going to do DraftKings and it only costs me $10 to win 1000 versus the other one that's $20 to do 1000 which one are you going to do? You're going to do the $10,000. So they have to keep their, they have to compete with each other for pricing. If the two of them merge, there's no competition. They can charge as much as they want, and it's not good for the consumer. So the, the, the government will look at that and make a determination, which is what they're doing now, is trying to make a determination if that should be permissible. Does the failure to regulate those individual entities sooner play into their ability to regulate them as a potential merger. It seems like the government's late to the game in terms of regulating daily fantasy sports. And you've had some states that have cracked down, New York State cracked down much harder than other states where where this is allowed. Does the disparity in laws in different states impact the ability for them to merge or not to merge, or is that irrelevant? Well, well gambling laws are mostly state state related. So each state has handled that. And, and they I don't think they saw this coming. Uh, fan, fantasy sports went from zero to 60 
in almost no time flat. And when it and it happened because some because they plunked a lot of money into marketing in in one year. They were the sole advertiser that I saw on the NFL like all the time in last year's broadcast on almost every other ad at times was for Daily Fantasy Sports. And I mean we've talked about it on previous shows, the impact that Daily Fantasy has had on the sports broadcast themselves. You now watch, and at the bottom of the screen, there's live stats for the highest performers on different teams. You go to games, and they show stats in between quarters so that people can watch their teams. So I think you're right. I think that people have been caught flat-footed and in their their race to catch up. I just wonder whether the government can catch up at the pace that businesses have caught up to. Well, I, th- I think they're, they're in the process of catching up. Uh, the first step has been in a lot of states for the attorney ge- generals to weigh in and say that this is gambling, that this is, this is, this is a game of chance. This is not a game of skill. So, so let's, let's take a step back. Do you agree? Do you believe it is gambling? Is it chance versus skill, or is there more skill versus chance in, in what's involved here? Well, well having played fantasy yes. and thinking uh, That's I would be why really I good you. at it uh, um, uh, and not doing well at it, I would say that it's a game of chance. Uh, so because of your own lack of success, you've decided it's chance and not skill well, because you don't want to say you don't have the skill, right? <laughs> that's right. I'd, li- I'd like to say that I would win my league every year. So would a person who won the league and figured it out say that it's skill and not chance? Is well, that an argument that can be made in court? Well, I could tell you the guy who won our league this year would argue. Would, 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 even he said that it's a game of chance. But okay, <laughs> but but it, it it is. I mean, look, you can know as much as 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 you can about whether Adrian Peterson's a good running back or bad running back. You have no clue from week to week what they're going to do. So it, it, it's it's gambling. It, it's it is a game of chance. It's, there's only so, the game of skill. That they try to argue is that you have to know have all of these knowledge of, the, of these athletes. Mm-hmm. But how many times has Calvin? You, you put Calvin Johnson in your roster the, and playing against the worst defense, thinking he's going to get 150 yards and two touchdowns, and all of a sudden he has 40 yards. Isn't that you where you can't control it? Isn't that where they've gotten back to where some of these leagues have gotten in trouble, where they've potentially shared information of a lot of people are picking up a player in one league or dropping a player in another league because they specifically know or believe that he has an injury. And that's being shared and considered inside information for that. Is that well? Well, there's two things. There, there was there was the issue with regard to the two FanDuel and DraftKings, where some member, some employees of one company were gambling and others using algorithms, and and uh, those algorithms are, are, weren't necessarily just how many points you were have. It was probabilities based on how many people pick certain players so that you would try to pick my understanding is you were trying to pick players other people didn't but had just as much a likelihood of success so so it was that was a different kind of insider information that the people that were paying for to be in it that weren't associated with those companies they didn't have that information insider information real insider information will be what happens if the dallas cowboys have are invested in one of these companies and have information regarding whether their running back is going to play today and don't give that information but other people in the organization know that information and then use it to their advantage feels like we're talking about stocks here well that's what jeff hates about this is that it makes sports business and not sports sports i mean it goes back to our conversation that we had in the last segment about athletes being athletes or sports or or the big business of sports. Unfortunately, this gets to the business side of it. Jeff, you went to the University of Michigan? Correct? I did, proudly. So, proudly, same mm-hmm. here. Go Blue. Could you Go talk? Blue. 
Oh my god, about... the two of you. Yeah. Okay, Rutgers. Okay. <laughs> Could you talk a little bit about how um, these notions apply to college sports as compared to professional sports, and how intellectual property is done differently in the college level? I know as it relates to the likeness of players in video games, for example. Um, that's one area that we've seen arise. And I mean, I remember years ago for you guys, you Michigan guys, the Fab Five. I mean, they hated that, that everybody was making money off of them and what they were doing and they couldn't get anything from it. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, if you go back to the, f first of all, with regard to, to this question, um, with regard to the way that it's different from college to pro is pro athletes can license their likeness and their name and be in commercials. College athletes cannot be in, in any of that. And what happened was, and this happened with that O'Bannon case a couple of years ago, is that just like kids were playing Madden, there was also a college version of that. So you could be Denard Robinson. Right. Well, they can't do that anymore because right. they weren't paying those guys and using their likeness. Do, do you see the danger in, in allowing uh, children to uh, get into fantasy sports? Um, it's, it's gambling, right? And then if, if they're just paying all this attention to uh, uh, football stats and they're not going to school or <laughs> they're not doing their homework, uh, this, is, this could lead to a big problem. Well, Jason, you better start worrying about this now. But uh, <laughs> I happen to believe there's plenty of other reasons <laughs> the kids wouldn't go to school or do their homework. I think, I think, I mean, I generally disagree, not that whether or not it's gambling, but the good or bad, I think that people are going to find their way into something. Um, and, and everybody can judge whether it's good or bad, but from it, fantasy, your well, opinion well, on that. Well, look, it's a, I guess you could say it's a gateway to, to gambling <laughs> for, <laughs> for kids. kids. Kids do love it. I mean, my son's a teenager, and he has several of these leagues. Now, they don't gamble for money. They do it for fun. It, 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 it does give them a sense of... of of community though like it for he, he had a travel baseball team so he they would when they in the off season this was a way for them to continue to bond the problem that that i see for it is is that it's taking away from the team and it's getting more to the individual you know i grew up rooting for teams i love the players but but i rooted for the the teams my, my son's favorite basketball player is a guy from the Milwaukee Bucks because he, that's, that's who he was playing on the NBA 2K game. It's a generational thing where you grew up rooting for the name on the front, which is from our earlier conversation, trademarked and copyrighted. Yes. While your son grows up cheering for the name on the back, which is much harder to protect which it well well yes it, it be, but the unions make sure that the names on the back are protected so they still get money for licensing but with regard to you were asking more before about the fab five the problem was chris weber was saying that he was walking down the street and seeing his number four jersey and he wasn't getting anything for it and and from a a general perspective he's right that shouldn't have happened now chris weber was also a hypocrite because Apparently, he was getting lots of money from a booster during the don't, time he was complaining. Don't argue details in this segment, <laughs> Jeff. We don't, we don't allow facts. We're running out of time here. I want to thank you, Jeff Cohen, for coming back again and talking about this. We should get you back again. There's a, this is a huge uh, subject, and there's a lot more questions that I uh, wish we had time for. We'll definitely have you back. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for having me. All right. And you're listening to The Heart of Sports on 610 AM Sports. It's time to Ted for our last break. When we return, we'll be talking to John Herson of the APBA and Ethan Baumholtz, basketball coach. Stay right here. 
Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey. Those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. For our first guest today, we have John Herson, president of APA Games. They've been delivering baseball simulation board games since 1951. John, you're on the line. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. You're welcome. Good. We're glad to have you. Thanks so much. Just, uh, I've been playing the game since I was an 11-year-old kid in 2001, and to this day, I'm a huge fan of APA baseball. Coach Ethan here used to play Stratomatic, and... Jeff, I think uh, I did. Play I played well. Stratomatic when I was a kid. Yeah. Sure. Well, I'm a huge fan of APA, APBA, as I used to call it. And John, which is the correct pronunciation? Is it APA or APBA? Either one works. Either one is correct. And so I personally call it APBA. Would you first, for the listeners who might not be aware, give a little bit of, of background about the organization and some of the games that are offered? Uh, ABBA Baseball was first introduced in 1951, so this is our 66th uh, year, uh, and everybody that plays ABBA knows that 66 is the best dice result, so we'll be celebrating our 66th anniversary during the year. Uh, ABBA was, uh, the predecessor to ABBA was a game called National Pastime that was first introduced in 1931. Uh, Pastime just had hitting charts, and when ABBA introduced ABBA baseball in 51 it included pitching and fielding so it was a complete baseball game in 1958 we uh introduced uh, ABBA football in the early 60s uh introduced ABBA golf and shortly thereafter we offered ABBA basketball which was our first continuous action game and that was a tough game to play and we've discontinued offering that in the meantime, we have offered we offer a master baseball game, which enhances the decision making opportunities of uh, basic baseball, and the same for football. There's a master football game, and we now offer hockey. And six years ago, we introduced soccer. So we have all the big sports except for basketball, uh, and besides pro football, we now offer college football teams. Uh, we offer. All the major European soccer teams, uh, MLS, Major League Soccer, and the uh, 
the annual uh, UEFA Championship, uh, the final, the 16 teams that make it to the knockout round, we uh, make a set of those cards for players. It's amazing how many teams. different. It's amazing how many different sports are offered. I personally have played the hockey one, the baseball one, and the soccer game. And I'm not sure if you heard the APA Soccer League actually um, involved with that. And it's just so fun to play all the different games. For those who might not be aware, it's really just recreating the sport and the decisions made through rolling dice and looking at cards that recreate the stats of the players. You also yes. do, you also do the uh, uh, do this all on computer too, right? Right. We have uh, a uh, a Windows version of our master baseball game, BB uh, Baseball for Windows five point seven five. And last fall, we introduced uh, an online version of our basic baseball game. It's at baseballabago.com. The game is free. The game comes with the uh, 2016 Cubs and Indians, the two World Series teams. And there are opportunities to buy the 2016 season or other historical seasons that we've offered. And, you, and the Phillies aren't involved. No, the Phillies... Not in this World Series, no. <laughs> Not in this World Series. I mean, what's cool is when you buy the set, you get every card from the previous year. So you, you buy a set, you actually get like 900 baseball cards all accurately recreating the players from Jan Mar Gomez all the way up to Mike Alfranco. And oh, really? Do you have I... a favorite game of the different uh, games the company offers, John? Uh, baseball. Uh, I got the baseball game as a Christmas present from one of my grandmothers when I was eight years old. And every season uh, she got me the card sets then for every season going forward. And the baseball game is the most playable. You can play a game in 15 to 20 minutes. So if you're waiting around for something, you can get the dice out or, you know, now go online, find somebody or or play against a computer manager. Uh, The baseball game is by far our most playable game of the of the games we offer. I love that about it, the predictability of the dice roll and just the flow of the game that you get into. As you know, the game has uh, the community around APA is really strong. Would you talk a little bit about uh, some of the people that have been involved and how much it's affected their lives over the last 66 years? Uh, well, I'll give, you, I'll give you a couple examples. One is... Uh, one of my customers last year was at spring training in Arizona, and he ran into Daryl Evans. And uh, he started talking to uh, Daryl about his career, and uh, Daryl was a big ABBA player. Uh, and Daryl told Jim that uh, back in the day when he was on a big league team, if they didn't know uh, a batter or a pitcher they were facing, they'd go get their ABBA cards to check that out, to give them some idea of, of what type of player uh, they were facing that day. Uh, you know, Daryl's got 414 major league home runs, so that's that's pretty impressive that he's one of our customers, and he's just introduced his sons to the game recently. Joe Torrey is a longtime ABBA player, you know, who's now in the commissioner's office. Bob McGinn, who is a, uh, a sports writer for a beat reporter for the uh, Green Bay Packers, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Bob played ABBA football when he was at the University of Michigan working on the student newspaper, and last summer they had a reunion, and Bob said more of his fellow classmates were more impressed that he knew somebody with ABBA than that he covered Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, that made us feel pretty good. ABBA is, it is, it is a community. Uh, and I'll give you an example. Last year 
we inducted into our ABBA Hall of Fame uh, Greg Barth, who's a big football guy in the ABBA football community. And Greg told a story that his wife, had is, her cancer is now in remission, but while she was going through her chemo and everything else, Greg bought his card table up into the living room and sat on the end of the couch and rolled his games because his wife wanted to be able to hear the dice rolls. It made her feel better. And he said, in a way, it helped both of them get through the medical crisis she was going through. This doesn't involve any gambling, though, right? Even though it's with dice. No, I mean... Uh, what, what people do in the privacy of their homes or whatever, I, I know there are guys that do gamble on the results. They may have a friendly wager that their team will win over the other team they're playing. Uh, but it's nothing more informal than that. And, well, and it's m- mostly kids that are playing this, right? Or is it adults, no, too? It ranges from 7 to 80. The, the age has been dropping steadily. It's now about 45 is the median age. But, you know, ab- I have customers that took their ABBA cards to Vietnam or to other parts of Southeast Asia during the Vietnam War. I have a customer who's, who has sent us a picture of holding a Jackie Robinson ABBA card at the North Pole. No, I think it's just amazing. The game becomes entwined in their lives. I think it's amazing hearing these stories. You know, um, me personally as a player, it it really does follow you throughout your life. It's the sort of thing, it it really comes and goes, and it never really leaves you, right? Also, I found... Go ahead. There's five stages to being an ABBA player. When you first get your game, you know, you're somewhere between 7 and 12, I'd say. And you play it until you get to high school and extracurricular activities and whatnot, maybe take away some time, meeting girls. A lot of guys take it to college, play in the dorms, form leagues. Uh, when you first graduate, come out of college, and you have some time, you play it again. You tend to put it away when you start your family. But then when you have kids about 7, 8, or 9, you decide to introduce them to the game. And then definitely when guys and gals are retiring, they start. They bring the game out again. Exactly, and I also find it so cool how there's the. It's really relying on the honor code, right? Also, you meet people in the leagues you partake in around the country, and it's really just had such a huge impact on my life. Formed friendships through it, gone to tournaments in person, and I'm just so thankful that you've helped, uh, you know, oversee the growth and continuation of the game and the community and the company. So thank you so much again for appearing on the show today and speaking a bit towards the APA game. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Thank you, John. Take care. Take care. All right, you're listening to The Heart of Sports on 610 AM. I'm Jeff Rutberg along with Ryan Strauss. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the Sixers with Ethan Baumholtz. Uh, Stay right here. Okay, and we're back. This is Jeff Rutberg on The Heart of Sports along with Ryan Strauss and Ethan Baumholtz. Ethan has been a uh, coach of the uh, uh, Achad Squadron, the JCC, in uh, Cherry Hill, and uh, he's back to talk today about the 76ers. Hi, Ethan. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. So, Ethan, you know, the Sixers, the last few weeks, we've had Joel Embiid sitting out. We've had the team losing, but they got a huge win in Orlando. Uh, Did you catch the game, and what do you think about the team? I love the team, whether they're good or bad, and very optimistic about our future. So right now, I mean, I saw Darius Sarge had a great game the other day. He's been playing a bit better lately. Do you foresee him as part of essentially a big three between Simmons and Embiid, or do you think that they'll need to add another player or two to help get over the hump to win a championship? 
Well, they're definitely going to have to add players. I mean, the, the biggest catalyst here is with uh, Joel Embiid coming back. But as far as Dario Saric and his role, he's a wonderful role player coming off the bench and does all the little things. What about TJ McConnell? He hit the game-winning shot the other night. Uh, hashtag TJ is my PG is uh, always trending in the Sixers group and beyond. Do you think TJ has a spot in the team next year? And what are your thoughts on his play recently? Well, I hope I hope he has a spot on the team next year. I mean, he he uh, is the epitome of everything that goes along with Philadelphia. A hardworking guy who's overcome obstacles to find his way to uh, have a spot on his team. I personally like TJ. I think he's earned the playing time over Sergio Rodriguez, which I didn't necessarily expect in the beginning of the season. We've had Jared Bayless out this year, and really, when the question is when Ben Simmons comes back, a lot of people are projecting him as a quote unquote point forward in that he'll be bringing up the ball as like a power forward kind of like you'll see Lamar Odom having done do you foresee him being more of a guard or this like swing three four point forward role how do you foresee Simmons fitting into the team I see him uh, ultimately being a little bit of everything and offensively I see him bringing the ball up and hopefully defensively we're gonna pick up a guard that's going to be able to defend the point guard listen if TJ McConnell keeps making those last second shots and winning games i'll love him forever and i'll want him to be on the team forever so 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 keep doing it well i think he'll be around he's earned his playing time and i you know a lot of people were really critical on sam hinkey in terms of the process and whatnot i know i know jeff rutberg over here is one but when you look at the core players in the sixers right now a number of them were really diamonds in the rough so TJ McConnell, he was an undrafted player. Robert Covington, undrafted player from the D-League. I mean, no one knew about Dario Saric. They traded Jeremy Grant, who was a second-round pick for Ilya Sova. No one took a chance in Rashawn Holmes. He's a really good player like, as a backup. They're going to trade Okafor. They have two, it looks like. Um, Jeff's shaking his head over here. I what don't do you think? think so. I don't think yeah. so. If if Embiid's uh, knee contusion is, uh, you know, doesn't... doesn't uh, isn't repaired they're going to have to keep somebody so if noel leaves they'll have to have somebody uh to play center uh, unless uh, holmes and uh, sarich and they can go with a whole bunch of 610 guys i don't think so i mean look the sixers are really trying to build a team around wingspan and athleticism and having guys that can shoot threes and kind of play in this modern nba which is really a stretched floor a huge emphasis on the three-point shot Jeff, Ethan, did you guys know in the last 10 years, the amount of three-pointers per game in the NBA has gone up from 17 to 27 per team, like in a game? So you can expect your average NBA team now to take 25-plus threes in a game 25. on average. Yes, and the Sixers it's don't amazing. make as much. <laughs> well, hopefully, I thought Sergio Rodriguez would be making threes and Saric would be making threes, but hasn't happened. Well, I think some of the shooting has been inconsistent. And, I mean, the Sixers can put up their points sometimes, but really when Embiid's out, they struggle mightily on the defensive end. I see Coach Ethan shaking his head over here. Could you talk a little bit about the team defense and how Joel Embiid, like his huge presence in that? Well, they're night and day without Embiid. And, you know, we, we've watched every time he's in the game how exciting the team is and how he makes everybody around him better. I mean, on the broadcast, they're actually advocating for Embiid to be defensive player of the year along with rookie of the year and you're just oh no way no way he hasn't played enough well especially recently he hasn't and that you know that 
the chance for that is diminishing certainly but I think when he has played you can see that in the future I mean every year going forward there's the potential for him to be that first team defensive player because he has the foot speed to guard around the perimeter he's a huge presence near the net he's stronger more athletic than everyone and he's over seven foot tall it's how, how are however, you he, he was, that? What, what he was doing before he was taking every other night off now he's taking every night off so he can't be the player of the year or the rookie of the year coach ethan how do you think the sixers should manage uh, both Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons' injury situations or lack thereof moving forward? I don't know how it goes about with their agents and doctors and things of that nature, but you know what Jeff was saying earlier, he, he's not playing every other game because he doesn't want to. He's, he, it's because of probably medical restrictions and the future of you know what's going to be. So it's exciting to know what potentially will be with Embiid and Simmons both on the court knock on wood healthy. Did you watch any of those summer league games that Ben Simmons played in? I did. I watched the highlights of that Lakers game that Jason had DVR'd, and I was so impressed with Ben Simmons. And really, I think a lot of people are forgetting how big of an impact he's going to have. So when you, I mean, a lot of people are concerned about the overcrowded front court in the Sixers lineup. Personally, I think it's a great problem to have, and they should definitely do everything they can to keep Ilyasova, keep Noel, keep. Um, I mean, look, I think Okafor isn't a good fit personally, but I want them to get value for him in a trade, even though it's going to cost a lot of money to keep Noel and Ilyasova around. Jeff, you look a little I, I perplexed. Want, uh, Ilyasova, he's really a good player. I'd like to see him uh, stay. i also like to see uh, Noel stay, but uh, I, I don't know. And then there's the, also the draft this year where they may end up with a couple of lottery picks. Exactly. I mean, the ability to swap first round picks if that if they could do that in the nfl draft i mean teams would go crazy that has to be like a weird nba thing that the sixers looks like they could benefit from it i mean sacramento has uh, i think a win or two more than the sixers right now but we'll see how that shakes out towards the end of the year the bottom line is the sixers are likely to have two picks in the top 10 to complement the players they have now along with whoever they'll get back for okafor assuming he's traded well, the Sixers have the same problem that the Eagles have had, uh, where they can't seem to evaluate talent real well. So look at all these years of tanking, and they got one player so far, right? They got uh, Embiid, um, who's, who's really going to be a star. We thought that uh, Okafor would be a star, but he, he might be, but he hasn't been yet. Uh, so so they're, they're pro- I don't trust the process. However, the Sixers did reach my goal my personal goal of 19 games, and it's just a few weeks away. Uh, for, uh, previous to this, uh, Jason Springer said that they didn't, he didn't think that they'd make it, but they, he, they did. Now my next goal is for them to win 25 games, and, and they will still make the lottery. So It is more exciting, right, when you see the team winning. We saw it in January. They were finding a way to win games. They were doing the little things to win the close ones. Coach Ethan, what were you seeing out of the team in terms of their mentality, their preparedness to show up and win those games because it's something we haven't seen out of the team in at least three or four years well the two things the most important thing of course is the development of Embiid but with everybody playing together on a consistent basis sharing the ball sharing is carrying they say on the tv all the time the reason for it is they're all buying into the the process if you want to call it that everybody's buying in everybody's playing together they're playing defense for the most part sharing the ball doing all the little things and a lot of people were really difficult on Coach Brown earlier in the season, and 
I think the winning streak in January just went to show that the hard work that the team and the players have been putting in the last few years, the work they've been doing on defense, it's going to show. And again, Jeff, I know we don't have a winning record yet and it's taking time, but I think that the role players that the Sixers have, again, the Covingtons, McConnell, Ilyasova, who we only got for a player, Jeremy Grant, that was part of the process, Holmes. I think these role players wouldn't be here if it weren't for the tanking and the signing guys from the D-League who other teams weren't taking a chance on. So we are where we're at, but it's difficult to say how many years it'll take for them to really take the next step. I, I, I would hope that one of these days they'll start winning 40 games, 41 and 41 at this point would be a tremendous, uh, a tremendous year for the Sixers, and that's mediocre. Well, do you think next season, next season, they might have a chance to do that? And yes, will they? I do. I do. I think so. What do you think, Coach Ethan? I think everything comes down to the health of Embiid and Simmons, and if we we will go forward depending on how healthy both of them are. So if both of them are healthy, you know, we'll be having a, a parade down Broad Street in a couple of years. And one thing to consider, I mean, Embiid, Joel Embiid's health. This might not be the only year where he might have to sit in back-to-back games. It's difficult to say when you have a player of Hakeem Olajuwon's potential status. We want to ensure his long-term career health. And if you have Nerone's Noel on the roster or even Rashawn Holmes, I think that we have the depth at center to not necessarily need Joel Embiid to play 82 games every year. But it'll... Time will tell how that will play out. And I'll certainly go to say in terms of how they manage Okafor, how they manage the roster, and who they d- draft next year. Right, right. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a fun process to watch as a fan. It's not so much fun when they lose game after game after game. So to get a winning basket here and there and have them win without Embiid, that's a real uh, plus. I don't know if you guys heard... Uh, Carmelo Anthony was really mad. I see Coach Ethan shaking his head over here at how the Knicks just don't really have much of a direction. And he was asked after the game uh, what his feelings about the team, and he said, trust the process. So I'm not <laughs> sure if that's a foreshadow or or he's just mad or jealous. But uh, I know the Sixers have a bright future, and I'm really excited for next season and beyond. I think they're the most likely Philadelphia team to win the next championship. All right. Yeah, I saw the Flyers the other day. They were terrible. So I think the uh, Sixers have a good chance. We also have baseball starting up here soon, so spring training games will be underway. I always love listening to a uh, March game that is just relaxing and not much pressure. Well, March between March Madness and, and maybe the 76ers uh, uh, and the Phillies, it's going to get exciting. So we have to go. Thanks, Coach Ethan, for being on. Thank you Appreciate for having it. me. You're welcome. And uh, we'll, Thanks we'll, to John we'll Hurston right. we'll as well. John Hurston, right, and we'll be right back. Great interview there, guys. Thank you to all of our guests this week, and thank you to our listeners for joining us. We look forward to joining you next Sunday at 11 a.m. on The Heart of Sports. Everybody have a great week.